Listener Production. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That's Enough Already. This week I'm chatting to Carl Chandler, writer, entertainer and host of the Little Dum Dum Club. Now, while we were recording this podcast, there was a massive storm happening in Auckland and if I die during this episode, any press is good press, right? Just buy my book and tell my mum I love her. Carl Chandler is a god amongst Australian podcasters, besides his little dum-dum club co-host, Tommy Dasselow. He's probably the only person who can get his audience to board an international flight and book a hotel room in Thailand for a podcast festival. Who does that? I want to go. I love that. I love it. Speaking of international flights, Carl has a lot of shits to give when it comes to travel. Don't get in his way or go to the bathroom during a flight. Just, just hold it. Just hold it, all right? Enjoy the show. That's quite enough. Shut your mouth, I don't give a stuff It shush, please, yes I can hear But I don't care, that's enough already Shut up Oh shush I'm potentially in danger here, we've got a massive storm in Auckland And now I'm sitting in the studio, my my little mini office in the yard And um, there's a big gum tree right behind, but big Like one of those fuck of big gum trees that you see when you drive through rural New South Wales Yeah and it's been dropping branches and one has fallen on my car so far and one has dropped on the office. So I'm telling you now, if I die in this <laughs> office, if you see a branch come through, obviously you'll be devastated. Yeah, yeah. But also share the footage. Like just yeah, go, great. No, this has to get out, you know. And this would be cool. I get to sell this to TMZ first. Yeah, on, on but the it has to have like real punny headlines like right. um, comedian branches out to Jesus, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, no, you, you have to, yeah, so sort of really work it. Yeah, great. Well, good luck. I mean, I was worried about the audio on my end of it, but it sounds like my audio is going to be a dream compared to a tree landing on your fucking house. So, yeah, because yeah. honestly, when I was doing the sound check before you came on, a, a massive branch fell on it and I jumped up and ran out. Now, I don't <laughs> run. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to fucking die in here today. But I've got noise-cancelling headphones on, so the good thing is I won't hear it coming. I'll hear you getting squashed and you won't. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, look, I'll see your face because <laughs> I can see the video and I'll yeah. see your face, the horror, and then yeah. I'm like, what's funk? And then yeah. I meet Jesus. Yeah. Well, yeah. potentially yeah. not Jesus. Let's be yeah. fair. Good I luck. Well, it depends won't. how nice you are on this podcast right now. This this could be the point you win him over. No, mate, I, I had to drive this morning, so, you know, there was a lot of road rage involved. and right. So I'm definitely not going there. And I know what happens in my bedroom. Like, I'm a fucking freak. So I'm definitely not <laughs> well, well, you know what I just did to make this happen is that um, today is a day uh, my wife goes to work, I stay at home, I've got the kid at home, um, and I'm like, well, I can't have the kid at home doing this, doing, yeah. you know, having the, the kid. I, there's not enough episodes of Coco Melon to distract my kid for like yeah. 45 minutes or whatever. So yeah. I'm like, all right. So I, you know what I've done this morning? I've gone to the gym. There's a creche at the gym for people okay. that use the gym. I've gone down to the creche and they've gone, oh, are you working out at the gym today? I'm like, yeah, sure, and dump the kid at the gym creche and then just run home. So, oh th- yeah, she's Let's at the... Let's hope uh, there's no crisis. Yes. Because I'll go, who's the, the, the parent for this child? We yeah. cannot run over time. Imagine we just go for a solid three hours. Then you yeah. have to do that whole fake sweat thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. You're going to have to put the... some sponge, just sponge some sweat in the armpits and yes. on the, on the, wet your hair and then go back. You know what? I didn't think about that because I dropped her in and I'm in the classic all Melbourne black and stuff. I've got black jeans on and I'm like, yeah, just going up to the gym and they're like, what? Okay, sure. No worries. Yeah. So I'm going to have to pretend I've been on the treadmill in yeah. my skinny black jeans and jacket. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to sweat it up. All right, all right. I wonder how many people do that. I've never done that because, you know, I don't go to the gym. Yeah, well, um, she's thinking we're going to the pool after this. She's, she's there going, oh, we, we, we do this and we go to the gym. We, we go to the pool. Well, there's no pool happening after this. She'll be lucky for me to even turn up, let alone go into a pool. So, Holy shit. There um, we go. Showbiz Father baby. That's, that's, she's going to learn about showbiz today. Yeah. Priorities. I've done one of your live shows yeah. for your podcast, the Dum Dum Club. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> I tell you what, it is, you know, when, when you you get your kid to do something or your child does something, like say even get a vaccine, right? So you get your, take your kid in and the nurse comes and they inject them, right, with the, the medicine, the good stuff. Yeah. And, um, your kid sort of starts shaking, they're scared, and then they laugh and you sort of give them a treat or whatever. So, you know, or even if they go on the monkey bars and they do something they haven't done before, it's frightening, they're scared, they sort of do that giggle cry, yeah. you know. Where they <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And they don't know if they want to cry or laugh. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. That is the exact emotion doing your live podcast. <laughs> <laughs> So overwhelmed because your fans, um, amazing, but fucking crazy. Yes, yes. They've gone over. It's like those people who start, um, you know, like Instagram pages or Facebook pages for you. Yes. Ursula Carlson fan club. You're like, this cunt is next level. Yes, yeah. Well, I'm, Your I'm, fans are that. Yeah, they're a bit. You did do a live one of, of ours and I was like, oh, great. You know, too. We, yeah, we've got we've got hers on this, and then you got like a bit scared off, and I'm like, oh my god, like what what's wrong with us, and what's wrong with our people? If 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 you know, Ursula's playing all these stadiums full of people, like the most scary thing you could do, and then she's coming and playing a couple of hundred of our people, and then going, oh, I'm scared for my life. I don't want to do this anymore. This is genuinely worrying. To be fair, I don't know if it was was your fans because they're great, right? Like they're very supportive. Mm. But um, who was that guy that I was on with that always goes on your your? Oh, um, uh, it was which one? Was it another comedian, Brett Blake, or was it Nick Kappa? No, Brett Blake maybe. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. right, the one with the mullet. Yeah, a completely fucking crazy energy <laughs> level. It's like the petrol price will never affect this fucking guy because I just imagine. He just runs everywhere. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like now when the petrol price keeps climbing, people are like, oh, what are we going to do? I'm like, fucking smoke meth and run. Now this guy kind of, I think he's there. Oh, you know? wow. Like, normally when you do a normal, like when I do a comedy show, like I give the energy to the crowd, then they give it back, but we take turns. But with yeah. your live shows, it's like everyone, it's like two barocas fighting against each other, but it's yeah. in your mouth and it just... <laughs> I just feel like, you know, you feel like, I feel so overstimulated by the time I get off that stage. I'm like, holy fuck, everything is just pinging. Like, normally I sort of go, tell a joke, focus on the audience. Tell a joke, focus on the audience. But over there it's like, make sure everything is firing. You're smelling everything, you're hearing, you're t-, you know, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, you guys have been going for how many years? 12 years. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're like the OGs in Australia nearly, the um, Little Dum Dum Club. 12, 12 years we're about to do a big Athenaeum show um, or, as you know, like the biggest show we've ever done, like a thousand-seater or, you know. Amazing. A, a show for, that you do every day. But for us, this is like a massive big deal. <laughs> but we've it got, you talk, about the, you talk about the, the fans and listeners and whatever. You know, in 12 years we did a, we did a three, I don't know if we ever told you this, but we did a, um, a podcast festival in Thailand for three years, like where we went. Oh, it's, a, oh, it's a international Costa Mui podcast festival, but we were the only podcast there. So it was just <laughs> all of our all of our listeners would like fly over from Australia and around the world and we would do 
like 300 people on the beach. We would record a podcast every night on the beach, and which was like, you know, you, you say that out loud, it's like, oh, well, that sounds amazing, but it's actually insane because, I mean, for one thing, we've got, we literally don't have any listeners in Thailand. So <laughs> there was no one coming from Thailand to watch the show. It was all people from Australia and wherever else. And then we were doing it at like sunset on the beach where it was like you couldn't find like there were so many more things to look at than our podcast and, we, yeah. and we're going, yeah, we'll just do it on this beautiful sunset beach and everyone's just looking at everywhere else going, yeah, this is why we listen to the, these two idiots on stage plus Brett Blake and the rest of them. Kosamui, weirdly, is on the map now again, you know, of late. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know because Shane Vaughan died there. Let me ask you something just on that, on that quickly while we're on the Shane Warne Kosamui thing. Have you ever had the opportunity in Thailand to order a Vegemite sandwich? No, but I did read that. Like, I read That's everything. That's not I've... a thing. I reckon no. that shit's made up. No, it's, it's, but you know what? Because he's such a fussy eater. He had that reputation as a fussy eater. I read everything about it. I woke up the day he died. My wife said, Shane Warne's died. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I rolled over and I went, that can't be true. I checked my phone. Not only do I find that fact out, I've got just dozens of messages from people, of course, because they all know of, of Kosamui through me. Did you know where he died? Do you know the person who killed Shane? All, all these messages over and over and over. And, of course, then I spend the next couple of hours researching every, like it's a cold case, me trying to crack it open because my first thought exactly is, oh, my God, what resort was he staying at? Have I been to that resort? Have I seen the room that Shane Warne died in? All this sort of stuff. Yeah. So, but yes, you're right. They, they, he's such a fussy eater. They said the, the last thing he, the only thing he'd eaten in Thailand was a veggie, was Vegemite on toast or a Vegemite sandwich? I did the um, Melbourne Comedy Festival's got that uh, roucher that goes yes. everywhere. Yeah. And um, went to Southeast Asia. And then we got to Malaysia. Now, I used to eat really hot food. Uh, but I don't anymore because I don't have a gallbladder and it just makes me feel ill. But when I got to Malaysia, I'm like, fuck that. I'm I'm eating in a mamak every day. I, yeah, I just want to, I want to go hard. Like I just want to, and that's all I ate. But then some of the other guys there just ate KFC or uh, McDonald's every day. Yeah. I'm like, this is the shit you can eat at home. Like you gotta, you gotta go in, go knuckle deep in this shit. Like you know, that's, that's it. I like I, I I just sit there and I I. Like I'll go to Thailand for a week or whatever and just go, right, I don't even care by the end of it. I'm like, I'm so sick of curries, but I'm like, I yeah. don't care. You've got to keep this up. I can't be eating yeah. Vegemite sandwich on day six or day seven. I can no. have that at home. I'm going to make myself ill uh, yeah. at just having too many um, red curries, but I don't care because when I go yeah. home, I can move on to all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. You've got to do it when you're there. It's like you've got to, you've got to embrace it. Because you, um, you, like, you've got the podcast, you do heaps of gigs, but you also host heaps of gigs, right? Um, what is it like working with comedians? Like, I, <laughs> right in the beginning of my career, as everyone, you know, sort of you set up your own open mics and shit because... To give um, yourself a gig? Yeah. Because no one else and, got, yeah. And then I realised, oh, comedians are fucking... High maintenance, hard, oh you know, they hard work. Like, yeah. I always say to friends, and they go, Oh my God, I met a comedian. I go, Don't fuck him and don't date him. Like, yeah. we are not stable people. Like you said, I started running gigs because when you start, it, you know, no one wants to give you a gig or whatever. So I'm like, Okay, I'll start my own gig. So um, I've done that and, and it becomes successful and whatever. So now I like run two or three a week. But you're right, even though I am a comic and I'm dealing with my friends most of the time. 
you are just going, oh, my God, I'm dealing with the most fucked-in-the-head people in the, you know, yeah. in the planet. It is, it's, it's, it is literally herding cats. You're dealing with people all the time that you're like, man, you've got one side of the brain working and the other side yeah. of the brain absolutely does not work. So I'm, yeah. I'm sitting, yeah, you, you have to sit there and tell people what to do the entire time. It's, it's yeah. like kids, it's like children, like primary school children, but that really like beer. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like every now and again I still meet a comic who's been a comic for like 20 plus years and they don't know how to do an invoice. And I'm like, oh. how the fuck are you here? Yeah. How did yeah. you literally show up at this venue tonight and you don't know how to do an invoice or how, you know, what it looks like? Who has helped you in the past? But also how do you find your way? I've like, got. I've run a gig in Melbourne called Com- um, Comedy at Spleen. I've run it. I've run it for fourteen years, and I'm still. I still get hit up by people who go. So what time does it start? And I'm like, y- I reckon you've been on this gig once once every four weeks for fourteen years, and you're saying to me, what time does it start? Yeah. What's wrong with you? Like, no one does that with a normal job. No one's working at office works and then ringing up their boss every couple of days and going. What time do we start again today? Yeah. What, is it is and it still nine o'clock? Or what what yeah. is it? Yeah. What's what's wrong with people where you can't remember what time you start work? Honestly, but even just a quick Google search is probably going to solve that for you too. Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. Been, uh, uh, where I'm like, how the fuck are you this dumb? Like, even if you can't retain any of the information, surely to shit, you could open your phone and quickly Google it and go, oh yeah, yeah. seven o'clock. Well, there's there's only there's I find personally, which because you're running a business, so the only thing is, the only people that are dumber than the comedians that are more frustrating to deal with are, of course, the punters that come along to the shows. So <laughs> this is my bugbear. This is this is the bane of. I, okay, I, this it, this is the salt of the show, mate. Yeah. Of, of this party. So let's go. This what is, is your biggest? <laughs> literally yesterday, I got an email from someone saying. Um, um, I, I can't make it to um, this show called The Best of British anymore. Um, if I can get a refund, great. Cool. I don't run a show called The Best of British. Someone, yeah. has, uh, someone has emailed me and asked for a refund for a show that I don't do. I'm like, how do you even make that mistake? Well, there is yeah. nothing about me that says Best of British Showcase. <laughs> There's nothing. Like you have just stuck your finger in the middle of the internet and picked someone at random and gone, can I have money back for a show you don't run? Like, yeah. I, I, I want to ask them how they found me in the entire ocean of the internet. I've got no idea how they did that. I, you know what I deal with? This is, this is my bugbear at the moment or has been for a year or two is that so I'll, I'll produce these shows. You know, I'm a one-man show. I'm in there running everything. I'm, I'm doing, um, you know, the stuff during the week and then I'm there on the coalface. I'm the front of house. I'm checking the tickets on the way in. So you know what I do? Like there'll be hundreds of people coming in to, to, to save time. People come in and I'll just say to them, just need your surname or your booking. That's it. Yeah. That's what I'll say straight away. That's the, that's the quickest and easiest way to find out who this person is. Just need the surname of your booking. And they go, and for example, they'll go, Ursula. And I go, cool. Is that your surname? And they go, yes. And I'll look it up and go, right, I don't have that ticket. And they go, that's weird. I go, you sure that's your surname? And they go, yes. I go, Ursula is your surname. And they go, yes. And I go, Ursula is your last name, your surname. And they go, no, it's Carlson. I'm like, <laughs> what did I just say six times? Yeah. What is going on? And then I'll check Carlson and then they'll go, oh, it's not there either. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, no, I bought a ticket for next week. Is that cool if I just use it tonight? I'm like, oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. But also when I go like, for example, when I'm saying to people, 
um, just your surname for your booking, and they'll they'll ignore that. They don't do the surname. They just come in. They've they've, they've preloaded the the answer, like you said. They've already made up yeah. the question. They've they've punched up your question to be what they think I should be asking instead. And so they've they're in their head. They're thinking I should be saying, "What's your first name?" So yeah. then they come in. I go, "What's your surname, please?" And they go, "John." Now, even if I had a said, you know, "What's your first name?" Like, how do you think this system works? Where I just need to know your first name and you say, John, how many Johns do you reckon bought tickets to this show that's got fucking two, 300 people at it? Do you yeah. think that that's an effective way of checking people in, of just going, <laughs> no worries, John, I'll just ch- ch- check off the one John in Melbourne at the moment. No problem <laughs> at all. Fucking idiots. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, oh, oh, this is this is one that gets uh, you when you go, sorry, what's your name? Um, it's me, Kathy. <laughs> and then they're like, oh. Or they go, we're Facebook friends or oh, I follow yes. you on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but there's over 300,000 people. How yeah. the fuck do you think yeah. I'm going to remember one of you? Yeah. You know, like unless the- you're a real standout on my page, yeah. yes. I'm not going to fucking remember you. But this also is not you're- a challenge, by the way. Yes, yes. But, you're, <laughs> but the, the thing is with, with the culture of, of uh, stand-up and whatever, and I think and of you, you're on the TV, people love you, all that sort of stuff. It, look, and congratulations, you're, you're one of the few people. This is a great way of, to find out how famous you are. I told my mum I was doing a podcast with you and she's like, oh, she's great. I, I know her. It's like my mum knows probably four comedians. So congratulations. You're in the and, top And one four. of them is Tommy, so I'm really taking that <laughs> one. <That's-> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, but so people I'm would probably send you – People will probably send you universally nice messages. We've got a culture yeah. on our podcast like, you know, it's all quite, you know, it's like it's, you know, the culture of our podcast is like backstage at a comedy gig. You're all hanging shit on each other. You're all because you're familiar. If you like someone, it's that almost, I don't know whether it's just Australian or what it is, but you hang shit on your friends and that's funny. Mm-hmm. But then you get the listeners that then hear all that happening and going, you know what, I'm friends with you. That means I can hang shit on you. And so you just get messages from strangers who you've never heard of before going, you are a fucking cunt and I'm going to kill you. And you go, oh, okay, no worries. Is That's this a threat or is it? Yeah, is this? Yeah. And then you'll meet someone and go, oh, it's me. And I'm like, who's, I don't know who you are. I oh, listen. Well, I don't know. I'm the one who said they were going to kill you. Oh, cool. Great. Nice to. Nice to You're finally the meet the person. reason I have extra security at my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice to see the face behind the death threat. Nice one. Yes. Welcome in. Yeah, I think people don't realise. Like sometimes I get real random messages. Like say if I'm, okay, so I did a show that would I lie to you when we had it in New Zealand a few years ago. And um, one of the lies was that I had to read. Now, oh, we don't know the lies that's going to come up, but one of the lies is like, Jenny Craig approached me and asked me to be a brand ambassador and I told them to fuck off like that. But the way I delivered it on them when I read it, because I was like, oh. Uh, and so as I'm reading it, I'm processing it. And then I see my response is, because you have to just deadpan the thing. And then I see my response is what it would have been had Jenny Craig approached me is fuck off. So I said that and my response was fuck off. Like a year later, I'm in Dunedin where all the students are and people are driving past me and yelling out because they've just replayed it the night before, but I don't know that. Right, Because I don't course. have the TV schedule of yes. the on-demand, whatever. You said something once are, a year ago and then forgot yeah. about it. Yeah. And people are going, fuck off, Jenny Craig. <laughs> and I'm like, these people are fucking rude. Like, <laughs> and because it's not my material, it doesn't stick. Like, I didn't, yes, of course. You know, so like, it's a lie what? that someone has fed you and you've said it yeah. once 
for two seconds in your entire life and then someone's reminding you with no context a year later. Yeah, it's like reading something off the cereal box. So when people say back to me, I'm like, why are you saying this shit to me? <laughs> and when I got on the plane, there were these two gay guys that, you know, worked the flight back to Auckland. And one of the gay guys said, I'm so glad about the Jenny Craig thing. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I said, a few people yelled at, um, at me in the street. And he goes, oh, no, on Would I Lie To where he told Jenny Craig to fuck off. I go, okay, I see, I see. But then I thought... Even on the show, it comes up as a lie. It never happened. But they didn't retain that oh, part of the right. yeah. They just thought I told Jenny Craig to fuck off. I don't even think the, that person's alive anymore. You know, it's like yeah, yeah. you missed the whole thing. Yeah. They just, and it was now just I just on have the... people yelling fucking fuck you, Jenny Craig at me. <laughs> I was going to say maybe that was the bit they used for the ad and they all, all they remember was that bit. But then again, what ads have got Jenny Craig fuck off? It's, it's yeah. not going to be on the, That's not making the ad, I don't think. Hey, let me ask you, um, so what really shits you, like oh. absolutely shits you about other people? Like what is the number one thing? Straight away, I'm like, is this too much? But, like, I fucking hate it when people go to the toilet on a plane. Like, you're part of, like, a miracle of technology. Just hold on. Like, <laughs> you know what? I, I went to South Australia, like, last week or whatever it was. Like, okay, guess what? You can hold it for half an hour. In fact, it'll give you something to do in Adelaide. Like, just yeah. sit there. Don't make me oh, get out sure. or anything like that. Yeah. And the only thing that shoots me more than that is the people that when you're getting on the plane, the ones that line up to get on the plane, yeah. you know, you know, when they ring the bell or whatever it is and that people jump up and get on. It's, it's like, you know what, you're going to be on that plane for a long time. Relax. Like, and, and, and they're, they're, they're getting there like they're, they're lining up for, um, you know, Kanye West new sneakers or something like that. You know what you got in your hand? A fucking ticket that's got your seat number on it. You're not going to miss out. It's guaranteed, okay? Yeah. There's, it says 1A. That's where you're sitting, 1A. You know what? Do do what I'm doing. Sit there. I, go, I get on the plane absolutely last. Every single time I get on plane, I'm the last person on the plane. I'm stretching out in the, in the, in the, at the gate. And look, I think that's great advice. Take it from me, a person who's only missed about six or seven flights. But still, I stand by it. Yeah. Because um, all I've been doing is watching travel vlogs in lockdown for like two years. All I've been doing yeah. is like busting to get on a plane again. And of course, as soon as I get on the plane, I'm like, well, this sucks. I forgot about this. But anyway, yeah. but my wife worked for a big airline for the last seven years. And so yeah. I've been on the suite um, standby list for seven years. So I, I've been doing a lot of this travel is because it's all been like cheap. It's me sitting there waiting for a spare seat to pop up and then going, thank you very much, jumping on for absolutely fuck all money and going overseas. Yeah. And she, you know, she's got over it in the pandemic and gone, you know what, I'm quitting this job. And I'm like, no, nah, I reckon you should hold on to it. Oh, you know, no, yeah. no, I want to get out of it. It's driving me crazy. I'm like, please, for the love of God. I need those standby yeah. tickets. And she's like, yeah. nah, I'm over it. And she's quick. Yeah, I, I'm not flying to Liverpool for 24 hours so I can go watch a fucking game. <laughs> that's exactly what I did do. Yes, for yeah. the record, that's exactly what I did do. I did very quickly for, for people on the show that don't realise this. I did, I mean, there's nothing more, you know, like Western world than, than this. I, I, got a, I got a standby ticket. I flew to Liverpool. I went straight to the game two hours later. I ran it so tight, the time so tight that I didn't have time to get changed. I ran to the game from my hotel in my boat shoes, in my dress clothes. I ran through the slums of Liverpool to get there on time uh, and then and then got there, watched the game, got drunk, came back, got on a plane and went home again. 
Amazing. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing for like, seven years. That's one of those stories where you go, if I never travel again, that should make you, it's, it's like going to an orgy and then the guy called in like eight porn stars and you're like, this is going to be a good fucking night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like I had to relearn how to book a flight on a yeah. website. I'm like, I was, I was used to going into flight center and just paying cash. I actually got told not to come back to a flight center once because I was paying cash and I was buying international flights. And I'm a real, I'm, I'm like an old Greek, you know, grandmother or something. I love yeah. cash. I have yeah. cash on me all the time. I had so much cash. Good to know. If you ever see Carl in the street, there you go. You know who to tap. I did have a lot of cash basically under the bed before the pandemic. Pandemic took care of that. I Because I didn't work for so long, I was like, all right, time to go through the boxes of cash. But yeah. I was, a flight centre once told me not to come back because I was paying for international fares with $20 notes. And they're like, we we don't want to deal with this anymore. What's wrong with you? Yeah. That normal it's people don't act this way. Yeah, exactly. It's, it looks like money yes. laundering. Yeah. It's like I don't use the casino, I use the flight centre. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the widest story I've ever heard in yes, my life. Yes, I know. So what, what shits you about yourself? Oh. Like what do you hate about yourself that you go, fuck, I wish I could stop that, but I just can't. I've got a short fuse. I do have a short fuse from from. I, in my opinion, you know, it's, it, you probably think the same way. You you look at all these people and you go, oh, this person's an idiot, this person's an idiot, this person's an idiot. I wish, ev- why is everyone in the world an idiot apart from me? And then you start, then you one night at 3am you wake up and go, hang on a minute. Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> is it me? Yeah. So there's a bit of, there's a bit of, little bit of that. I think that's the thing. I need to calm down and realise maybe some of these things are my problem rather than everyone else's problem. I use it as teachable moments for my kids now. Like, okay. We were at McDonald's the other day. I ordered two Happy Meals. Two, uh, my daughter goes, no, I don't want a Happy Meal. She's on that cusp of moving on from the Happy Meal. So the boy wants a Happy Meal with a cheeseburger, no sauce on it, a toy and a chocolate milkshake. She wants a double cheeseburger meal with a frozen Fanta. Nice. Okay. So I order that. That's not hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, order that. We got to the other side. She got a frozen Coke and a plain cheeseburger that you would get in a Happy Meal with no chips. Yeah. Um, and he got nuggets and a book instead of a toy. And it's <laughs> stipulate if you want a toy. So that's, they both, that's such they a funny meal, it, nuggets uh, and a book. I, I know. So they opened their pack and both of them are like, what is this? And I said to them, did you hear Mama order the, the correct things that you wanted? Yes. They go, why did we not get it? I go, because people don't fucking listen. Yeah. I go, this is why you need to stay in school and listen to what your teacher is saying. You Make sure your that- ears are open and your mouth is shut and take in information and, you know, work hard. When you get a job, I said, because realistically, both of you will work at McDonald's at some point in your life because I, I pray that everyone works in retail at some point. Yeah. Because I've met grown-ass adults who have never worked in a service delivery job and, quite frankly, they're a pain in the fucking ring. Yeah, well, that, you know? that's it. So you'll make your you'll make your kids work retail. You you'll get them oh, working yeah. early, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. You know, I've got one kid, and and it's the point right now where it's like, all right, are we going to have two kids or one kid? I'm happy to have one kid because it's like, you know what, um, going through all this again, it's a pain in the ass. You know, all that. Sort of, there's beautiful bits in it, obviously, but there's heaps of work involved, and and having a newborn would be a big pain in the ass. And you go, oh, I I'd, I'd prefer not to do that again. But then you meet people who are only childs and you go, yeah. fuck, yeah. am I going to have an only child? This is this is not a good thing to bestow on someone. 
No, no. This is that was hundred percent my argument because um, our daughter was three and a half when our son was born, and I literally said we have to have another kid because I'm not raising a cunt. <laughs> I've met enough of them to make me go, I don't want one of those. I've worked with them and I don't want that. Oh, I, don't, no. I do not want that. Oh, I've, got, I've got some homework after this show. I better ring yeah. my wife. Yeah, she's got to come home. Get her to come back on a lunch break. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, then she could take maternity leave and technically you could still have access to that technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, good luck with people shitting you to absolute fucking death with this year. I'll see you in Melbourne. Yes. Um, hey, listen, so you're doing that, um, you're you're producing that Best of British. Can I get a spot on my show? <laughs> yes, what's your surname? John. Oh, okay, yeah, no worries. <laughs> Mr. John, right this way. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of That's Enough Already, hosted by me, Ursula Carlson, and produced by Natalie Turner. Supervising producer was Nick McClure and special thanks to Ella Leaf and Big Sutherland. Couldn't do it without you, gals. If you like this podcast, remember to subscribe, share it with all of your friends, tell your mum, tell your sister. Don't tell that annoying brother of yours, you know. But definitely share it with a friend. 